Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. We're in Psalm 51. There David seeks forgiveness and there David asks God to restore to him the joy of his salvation. Salvation is supposed to make a mark in us. It does. It marks us with joy. I tell people who come to me, oftentimes they're very guilty. They want to receive Christ because they're being hounded by guilt. And I warn them against just trying to get rid of their guilt for a short period of time, just to find a little moment of relief, because I tell them guilt has a short-term memory. You can go and feel good for a moment, but then you're back at it all over again. You're back into the same problem over again. But the person who's been brought to a deep confession by the convicting work of the Holy Spirit where they throw all of their life upon Jesus Christ and they know that they are all sin and He is all righteousness and they ask Him to take all of their sin and they receive from Him all of His righteousness, that person enters into a life of unending celebration of that forgiveness. They never forget it. It sustains them throughout their lives. The forgiven and cleansed life is a life of continually being exposed to the joy of that forgiveness. Children are rather happy beings to have in your house. If you don't have children, pray for them. If you have children, and God will let you have more of them because they expose you with all of the grief they're going to give you as teenagers, it won't be as bad as all the joy they brought to you when they were little and they are running around in your house. And all of that, once you get through the teenage years, they'll bring more children to your home. And they'll fill your home up with more joy. They're the source of tremendous joy in your house. They are so expressive when they're happy. They're also expressive when they're sad. I think the most expressive and the most joyful moments I've seen in my children is when they were under the pressure of some misdeed that they knew that they committed and they found forgiveness. And that realization of forgiveness and the release of that guilt and how they would spring from the house knowing it. One of our little girls had found a little play school recorder with a cassette tape. You remember those? And she was playing on it and she apparently said some naughty words that she knew were wrong. So then she spent the rest of the day desperately trying to figure out how to erase them and she couldn't. She knew that we would appear at some point and find them And so she fretted about it all day long, what she was going to do. We noticed that she was miserable all day long, but not knowing why. Finally, she came to us sobbing in tears, and she told us what she had done. And we said, that's okay. Here, Daddy will take it, honey. We showed her how to erase them, and they were gone from the cassette. They were no longer there. Well, let's never do that again, but Mommy and Daddy forgive you. That's how God forgives us, too. The joy in that little girl's life. The leap and the swell and the skip as she bounded out of the house to reinvest herself in her play. That's the joy of forgiveness. On other occasions when our children would come and they would find forgiveness from us, they might climb up on their mommy's lap and their mommy would hold them tight to her chest and she might sing with them a song like, Jesus loves me, this I know. Or she might sing, I'm so happy and here's the reason why. Jesus took my burdens all away. Now I'm singing as the days go by. Jesus took my burdens all away. Once my heart was heavy with a load of sin. Jesus took that load and gave me wonderful peace within my heart. And now I'm singing as the days go by. Jesus took my burdens all away. And the child would sing along and they'd jump off mommy's lap and they'd run out to play. And oh man, the joy, the great memories of our children realizing forgiveness. They do become teenagers. 
They fall into deeper and more grave sins. What do we long for as parents? That joy to be poured out upon them again, to find the cleansing and forgiveness that they had learned almost as a theory or an idea that they accepted, but now to re-embrace it with simple childlike faith and know that forgiveness in their life. And that's the evidence of the Christian life. Joy and gladness, the weightlessness that comes at that moment. Maybe this is what David is wanting to enter into again. He's known the agony and the breaking of sin, and now he just wants to know the ecstasy of forgiveness. And so he says, actually listen to what David says here. He says, Lord, make me to hear joy and gladness. Make me to hear joy and gladness. I think David wants to hear God singing over him. He's felt the judgment of God. Now he wants to hear the forgiveness of God. He doesn't want to just be given, it, but he wants to hear it. He wants to hear it in song. Go to Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. God gives a promise to the prophet that he has a song he wants to sing over us. The Lord your God, in the midst of you, the Mighty One will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. David is saying, God, now sing over me of your salvation. Pour over me the sounds of your rejoicing. It reminds us of the story of the prodigal son who asked for his portion of the inheritance and went off and spent it in wanton and sinful living and found himself impoverished and found himself feeding pigs and remembered that his life was so much better in his own father's house and determined to go back and say, Father, I've sinned and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just take me as a servant. He makes his way back to his father and the Lord Jesus tells us the story in Luke chapter 15 and his father sees him coming and runs out to him and falls upon him and kisses his neck, holds him and rejoices in him and he calls a servant around him. Verses 22 to verses 24 of Luke 15, the father says to the servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. <laughs> Let's express the joy of this moment. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And then it says, and they begin to be merry. Just prior to that in Luke 15, the Lord Jesus shares another parable. You'll see it. It's the parable of a woman who's lost a coin. It's interesting here, by the way, that in this parable, the story is an expression of God's joy in our salvation, in our forgiveness, in our cleansing. And here, God compares himself to a woman. Probably, it obviously, it didn't bother him at all. What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God says, come angels and rejoice with me. I found this lost one that was lost for me. You ever found yourself walking along the sidewalk or walking down the aisle at the grocery store, maybe driving your car and you're humming a tune? You don't know where you got the tune from? How did you begin thinking? But you're humming a certain song. If you could turn the clock back, you could capture the moment in which that song began. Maybe it was on the radio when you woke up in the early morning and were drinking your coffee in your stupor. Maybe it was at a stoplight somewhere where you were just sitting at the stoplight and the car next to you had it on its radio and you picked it up there. Maybe someone walked past you on a sidewalk as you were walking along the... 
And unbeknownst to you, there was the sound of their hum of some tune that they were humming to themselves, and you picked it up there. The church is a singing church. We sing songs. We sing praises. We lift up our praise to God. The theme of our song should be, should be, our praise of God for His great salvation and His great work in cleansing us, of His attributes outpoured to redeem us and His attributes outpoured after that redemption to fill us with Himself. That should be our song that we sing constantly and always. And I want to ask you something. Did we come up with the song first? No. If you were to turn back the clock, you would find that at the moment that you receive Christ as your Savior... Heaven was opened up, and for a moment you heard the sound or the echo of heaven's song. God's own singing over you, rejoicing and praise, at having won you to himself. Now, we inherited the song. We overheard it from heaven. We picked up a song of rejoicing and praise, and I want you to know you can travel the world round, and no other place, no other religion has a spontaneous song of joy. It is unique to the Christian experience in life. It comes from the Father who has washed us and made us clean, who from eternity designed a plan to cleanse and wash unto himself a people who would repent of their sins. And he sings of us. He sings praise and rejoicing over us in the execution of his glorious purpose for our lives. David is saying, God, sing that song over me. Make me hear joy and gladness, he says. I think he actually means something more than this. He's not simply saying, I want to hear this tune. I think David is actually not simply interested in the song for the song's sake, but he wants to, and he's interested in learning the words of that song, of understanding it better. David wants to study and contemplate joy and gladness. Two unique things about the life of the church after we're born again. Another way of saying it is this. We get a song and we launch into a study. It's a study of the very words, the very notes, the content of that song. We not only sing it, we exposit it and expound it and consider it and can't leave go of it. David is interested as a forgiven person in studying more and more the story of that forgiveness. It's an interesting thing. That's something, too, that is recognized in the life of a forgiven person. The person who's forgiven not only learns to sing about it, the person that's forgiven constantly wants to study it. It's like that's the one place in their life they want to go back to. If they're going to look to the passage at this, how did this happen? Let's see more of what God did. Let's build our life from that point. This is the foundation point of what I am and what I will be forever. And they study it over and over again. It's the joy of the church. It actually is our song throughout all eternity. Go and read the songs in the book of Revelation. We're going to be singing them forever. And there's songs of the salvation that came through us through the shed blood of the Lamb who died for our sins to make us clean. We're going to sing them in white robes of righteousness, completely clean, and it'll be the source of our study as well. We'll sing it and we'll study it throughout all eternity. I mentioned this a long time ago, but years ago, a famous Christian musician left the church or left the Christian musician world to sing secular songs, and the reason they said after a while it gets boring just singing Christian songs about salvation. That was a article that was published in Rolling Stone magazine. I won't say their name. Yeah, you know, they were young, and you can, you know, you can be stupid and, when you're young, and you shouldn't be quoted and have your name thrown out there for every dumb thing you said when you were young. But if that's the case, you know, well, they're out of luck. We're going to be singing this song forever. We're going to be studying the notes of this great work of God forever, giving Him praise. 
When the early church was formed on the day of Pentecost, Peter, under the power of the Holy Spirit, goes out into the open air of Jerusalem and he begins to proclaim Christ, his death, his resurrection, his salvation. Conviction is brought upon the people. The people cry out, men and brethren, what must we do? Peter answered them and said to them, repent. Let every one of you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many words we're told that he testified and called them to save themselves in that perverse generation. And we're told in that passage that over 3,000 individuals in one day repented and put their faith and trust in Christ as their Savior. And then the result of it, we're told, is found in Acts chapter 42. It really gives you the four cornerstones of the church's fellowship. It says from that moment on, after these 3,000 came to Christ, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. It says when this message was given to them, by the way, that they gladly received the word of the gospel, and from that moment on, they wished to do nothing more than search out the means or the truth and the reality of that gladness, the joy of that word. They met regularly to study and restudy the teachings of the apostles, to learn it afresh and anew, sing it over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. They just kept meeting over and over again. And they not only wanted to see it afresh, but they wanted to see it to new depths, into new startling realms of glory, the story of their forgiveness. So David is praying the same, Lord, let me hear the sound of this song and let me constantly be submerged in the notes and the truth of this forgiveness, what you did to cleanse me and make me whole. There's joy in being forgiven and there's joy in rehearsing God's heroic act of forgiving us. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.